Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow It's time, it's Tuesday night, and it's time again for Blog Talk Radio at the Catch. And uh, we, have a, we have a return guest tonight. Three months ago, we had John Schink on our show. And John is a, uh, was for 40 years, uh, 30 years, a photojournalist with World Vision. Be, prior to that, about 14 years uh, as a newspaper uh, reporter, so uh, he's got a an incredible experience, a long list of stories, and uh, experience of traveling around the world and seeing so many different uh, situations. Um, we are having him back for that reason, and uh, we've got uh, quite a show set aside for you tonight because we want to talk about. We want to take some of the experiences that he's had and and see how that uh, fits into the world in which we live today. So, uh, John, welcome back to Blog Talk Radio. John, it's good to be back. Thank you. Okay. All right. Well, um, boy, it's a different world uh now isn't it and uh i think it's it's almost shocking how much the world has changed even in the last say five years um uh and and i i, I know things have changed a lot in america but um i i think it's broader than that uh you have a, a view of the world that's probably broader than most of us here who are listening and, and uh, uh, thinking about it right now uh, with me and with you. Um, how would you, how would you compare the world today with the world you knew when you were traveling with world vision? What, what are the, what are the things that are, have changed and, and what are the major movements that you see affecting the world today? I know that's a big question, but uh, uh, you can grab it anywhere you want. And uh, uh, let's, let's get talking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I, I only retired six years ago. I re- retired in 2015 from World Vision. So, I saw a lot of the changes, and I worked with uh, with some of them. Now, ah, so many of the changes okay. that uh, that have come have been in the area of technology, and uh, mm-hmm. part and parcel with that has been social media. Now, I, I'm you know I can't throw out dates or exact years, but um, you know in in the 90s uh, I got to work firsthand with a technological kind of a, a revolution. 
uh, in World Vision where we used a platform called Lotus Notes. And I had worked for, by that point, 10 years in Africa, done communications. Uh, I was always trying to use, uh, I was always, I suppose, pushed uh, by my internal sense of, of deadlines, having worked for newspapers, that it was important oh, yeah. to get information out and get it out as quickly as possible, as widely as possible. So, uh, but, you know, we were, we were writing up stories, developing our film, putting those in DHL packages, and sending them off to California, where then they would make copies Believe it or not, this this kind of sounds like you know Gutenberg hmm. Bible or something. They were <laughs> they were making photocopies, put together packages, and then mail them off to uh, at the time. Uh, I think it was about eighty addressees around the world. And uh, shortly after our return from Africa in 1995, somebody demonstrated this platform called Lotus Notes, and all that it could do, and they said that uh, hey, this is just uh, this is so excellent for document databases, and it was just a ping. It was a vision I had uh, for a long time, while working in Africa, thinking that uh, uh, this there's got to be technology that will get all of this stuff out and put it at everybody's fingertips, um, mm. and 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 give them access via whatever their thought pattern is. Hey, I'm looking for a story about children. No, I, I'm looking for a story about water. Uh, I'm looking for uh, a story about something that transpires in a, a, a war zone, whatever. So I ended up creating a database uh, called uh, Scribe, a document database, where every document, and, and the documents were stories, had a synopsis at the top, so you had a quick, a quick read about what you were going to find. It, it had a, a series of keywords from a master list so that you could go searching, and Lotus Notes was powerful. In, in split second, uh, you could search a, a database with 4,000 documents and uh, put in uh, your criteria, and bang, it would, it would turn up. And, of course, every document was classified by the project. It was classified by the country. Um, you could also go into certain views and look for things by the authors that you knew. Uh, hmm. So, you know, the, the 90s, I think of as a, a, an era in which we were intensely uh, wow. uh, focused on, on data and information. And the Internet, you know, in the second half of the 90s was coming into being. So that was uh, uh, I well, I just remember conversations with people. We thought the internet was so cool because there could be so much information there. Hmm. And yeah. I, I attended a, a, a lecture by a, a journalist who uh, had written a series of stories for the San Jose Mercury, and and it was making a lot of accusations about this, about the CIA drug smuggling, etc. And so here were the stories, but you could click on a link and you could go to the supporting documents that he had secured through sources or the Freedom of Information Act and read the actual documents. Um, so that was, a, that was a big, big revolution. And I was working um, in Europe when social media came along. 
And uh, every every uh, week or so, I would hear another news story, you know, because I would get my news on my shortwave radio in the morning while making breakfast, and they would say, well, there are this many people on Facebook. And a week or two weeks later, that had increased by 500,000. I thought, got to get on this platform. Uh, I know it can be used. I don't know how, but I know it can be used. <laughs> so uh, lots and lots of, of changes, uh, but we, we, have, we kind of bring things down, uh, you know, in our, in our human condition. I mean, the Internet is fantastic. And, of course, nobody can live without it now because they can get, get on it and get an instant answer right. or information. Right. But also, in some ways, it's like uh, what they used to say about television. Now, they thought television had so much promise, but then by uh, well into the 1950s, they called it the Great Wasteland. Well, there are some real wastelands on the Internet as well. <laughs> and social media, um, in some ways, it, I think it's the uh, it's it's uh, Eve's apple. It it has been more divisive than it has to bring people together. Or at least there is a very very divisive component about social media because people are we all blabber on there. We we don't have to think twice. We just put it out there. Whereas when we used to have conversations one with the other. Um, uh, there was a lot more civility. So world's changing at a, at a dramatic pace. I don't know Boy, if that's an answer to your question, but those are some well, of my thoughts. Definitely, uh, yes, it, uh, it, it's massive. It, and, and I think this whole idea of the divisiveness um, is huge. And I, and I know uh, we certainly experience that in our country here in America, uh, but all, all over the world, I think. Um, you, do you think it, it, it's, a, it's a worldwide issue, too? It's not just American politics right and left, but it's, it's, uh, it's all over the world, isn't it? Uh, certainly, uh, you know, people have written about what they call populism. Uh, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, we had a populist uh, president. Uh, was a populist president in the Philippines. Uh, I'm trying to think. I think it's one could say the same about Poland. Um, so, uh, no, uh, you know, uh, America is not entirely unique. We're all human beings, so we see uh, we see the same uh, responses at times uh, because yeah. it's easier to retreat into your niche. This is. One of the things about the, uh, the social media and the Internet revolution is that uh, people stopped looking for more information and they began retreating into a niche to suppliers uh, of information that agrees with their points of view. Oh, yeah. boy. That you know, is... Some people, I mean, mm -hmm. there's, there's uh, four or five 24-7 uh, news channels uh, that you get on your on your uh, cable service, and uh, you know, a lot of people only watch one of them, the one that right. agrees with their their political point of view. So you know what we're saying, uh, John? Is, is this right? Uh, we're saying that this 
this tool that has brought so much information at our, quote, fingertips uh, has actually ended up in shrinking our view of that information. Um, That's well said. Wow. Supposed to broaden our horizons, but it has narrowed our perspectives. You know, I I mentioned to you uh, when we were talking earlier today about um, Oz Guinness, and uh, we've had Oz Guinness on on our show uh, a number of times. And as a matter of fact, in a couple of weeks we're having him back again. Um, but he's a he's a big proponent of of a freedom of religion as the founding fathers saw it. Uh, and, and, and a pub, he's a, he wrote a whole book about a public square where everyone is free to express their point of view. And uh, we need to allow for that. If we want to also use the same platform for the gospel, rather than to try and force everybody to listen to only us, we, we need to listen to everybody. And uh, yet, and, and, and you could say, wow, here, here's the Internet. Look, we can, we can do this. We, we, can, we can get more involved with listening to other points of view so that we can understand and maybe we can reach across. And, 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 yet, yeah, and yet, John, isn't it true that the opposite thing is happening? We, we, are, we are climbing into ourselves and our our own point of view, and really only exposing ourselves to those who agree with us. Um, yes. I have a I, I have a I have a crazy example of that. Uh, this might seem hmm. like a bit of a detour, but recently on streaming television, I was watching a four part documentary on the on the Vikings, and of course, you know, the the Vikings. Uh, they were a great explorers, but they were ravagers of landscapes as well. Uh, and so in 1066, the king of England marched to the north to fight the Danish uh, Vikings to hold them at bay and then had to force march his army down towards Hastings to face uh, what is just generally referred to as the Normans uh, from Normandy and France. But they were Vikings as well. Uh, they were Vikings who had uh, uh, come down, and in the later era of the Vikings, they became a bit more peaceable and recognized the uh, value of integrating with the cultures. Mm. And so mm. the Vikings had been very, very successful in Normandy as merchants, as agriculturalists, etc., uh, and had kind of evolved to the point where people didn't think of them as being Vikings. But in 1066, when uh, when William took the Normans to France and defeated the English king, uh, as the as a doc- documentarian said, you know, uh, he fought the Vikings one day, then he went down south and fought the Vikings the next day, and the Vikings ultimately won. And I'm going, I'm applauding. I said, yes, yes, that's always been my premise. <laughs> that human thing where you're looking for people who agree with you on something. Uh, and so that's very human as well. And I think one of the 
One of the things we didn't calculate when we were uh, praising this incredible wealth of information that was out there uh, was that we just get burned out. We get overwhelmed at the same time. And so uh, we're supposed to be thinking clearly, but also we're supposed to keep heart and hope when, when information just feels like an avalanche and we feel buried under it. Mm. Mm. Wow. Uh, the, the, the thing that, that I'm having a hard time uh, understanding, understanding and, and knowing what to do about it, actually, is uh, the way in this country, uh, the way in which uh, this is uh, the divisiveness has entered the church. It's very much a big part of the church now. And, uh, you know, in the last 30 years, Christians have got very gotten very political in this country. And now uh, it's almost as if your political uh, allegiance is more important than, than than your allegiance to the Lord, or at least uh, what we do is we decide that the Lord is on our side. I think of Dylan's song with God on our side, you know, <laughs> he's always on my side, you know, uh, not on yours. And uh, uh, I think I, I, lo- I heard, for instance, recently about a church where 60 mem- 60 families left the church because the pastor would not endorse the uh, the uh, political candidate that they wanted him to endorse in the last election, left left the church, and then you read Ephesians four, where Paul says, "Be careful, be careful to preserve the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace," and you go hey, something got in the way of the unity of the spirit in that church. You know, something's more important than, than the spirit, what the spirit of God is saying to the church as a whole. We're, we've, we've gotten off track, uh, out of whack, I think. Um, uh, what, you know, and, and what can we do to try and, bring people together and get, get the gospel again in the forefront of our mind uh, uh, and, and, and centering us around Jesus and, and, and not so much into politics. Have you got any thoughts along these lines? Well, going back to uh, we, the, the point about, the, say, the church and the, the uh, failure to endorse, we, we do have a problem where yeah. And I, I've, I've encountered this in my social media adventures, where um, if I'm against something, then people immediately assume I support something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. you know, if, right. So if, uh, yeah, if I, if I criticize a member of one political party, well, that means I have to be a member of the other party. I have to uh, accept their entire uh, uh, platform, you know, yeah. and it's not that simple. But there are a lot of people who are willing to fall into that trap themselves so that they, they have a place where they can plant their feet and uh, uh, they can make their stand and such. And uh, 
I don't know how the gospel, what the gospel has to say about that. Uh, you know, to me, it's an idea of uh, critical thinking uh, yeah. and, and understanding the complexities of, uh, of, of human beings, not just to look mm-hmm. at them and say, oh, they think that. Uh, well, then they must think all these other things that come with it. Uh, it's a lot more complex than that. And um, yeah. I, I, would, I think that Christ in his ministry recognized that. Uh, if, um, you know, if I'm, I'm sure people were saying when Christ uh, dined with tax collectors that, oh, well, he's for, uh, uh, mm. he's for Herod. And maybe by extension, he's for the Roman Empire. He's for the oppressors. Mm. Uh, and, and then when, when, he, when, he, uh, when he dined with, up to, with, with certain other people, uh, they would have said, oh, He's for those. He's for those low life people. He's just for, you know, do anything you want to do and and what have you. Uh, I, no matter where he turned, I guess we know that no matter where he turned and who, no matter who he extended a hand to, there was always a Greek chorus on the sideline that was <laughs> uh, was criticizing him and probably uh, by extension. Uh, associating him with something much, much larger, like I said, like saying, oh, he's, uh, so he's, a, he's an endorser of Herod and Herod's policies and uh, by extension the Roman Empire, etc. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Come on. That's not, that's not life, and it's certainly not the, not the Christian life. Uh, and we know even in Christian circles, you know, if you were to extend your hand uh, to, uh, to a homeless person or to uh, to a person uh, with, a, with a terrible backstory, uh, criminal backstory, that, that, that somehow you were going soft on crime or you were going, uh, mm. it, you kind of lost your marbles. <laughs> you know, that's not being a Christian. Oh boy, how true! I don't know if those ramblings make some sense. But. Well, and and don't you think, John, that it, it even goes back. Uh, to simply um, being able to accept people who think differently than we do. I mean, do we have to get everybody to think the same thing? Is that what a Christian is? Someone who thinks the same thing about everything, you know? Um, And, uh, uh, you know, and yet, being able to to welcome, have a discussion, have a debate, a welcome other points of view. Uh, you know that church that where those people left, uh, they were basically saying, "No, your your political affiliation is more important than uh, your your place in the body of Christ," and they weren't able to say. Okay, you know, if if you don't want to endorse the person we like, we can accept that um, because you have your point of view and we have our point of view, but we all agree on Christ. And we all agree on the Holy Spirit and we all agree on seven things mentioned in, in Ephesians 4 about one life, one spirit, one Lord, one baptism, one faith, one God. There's seven of them. You know, 
nothing in there about politics. <laughs> oh, yeah. Boy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I, I don't know the circumstances of that particular church, but right. I know of other other churches and such that the um, again what what comes in is if okay if you won't stand up and endorse so and so, well then you must be for the opposition. Uh-huh. You must be for those other people who have all these terrible terrible policies. And and uh, you won't overlook a few human failings of, of this person and endorse them. Um, and in some ways, uh, I, I mean, this this is a con, uh, a rather contentious debate. You know, does the church get involved in politics? You are in the world, but not of it. Uh, you know, it yeah. was it was back in the last century when uh, conservative Christians. Uh, certain conservative Christian leaders began to say, we must get involved in politics to, um, to put forth Christian beliefs, Christian policies, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Not, yeah. And now, now, the, now the left looked at that and said, oh, they want the, uh, uh, to in, in, uh, press upon us or press us with a theology. They want a theocracy. Mm-hmm. I right. don't think that was the case, but but maybe for for some, um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, I think I, John, do you think that it it, uh, it there's a place for it? Of course, especially in America where we have a democracy and we have we all have a responsibility to, to vote, and we get to gather uh, the, all the information and make the best decision we can make consciously, you know, um, that's, yes, definitely a responsibility. But the, the problem I, I, I'm, I'm thinking is that uh, uh, all of these, these political solutions will never solve the real issue, uh, the problem of the heart. And they, it's only the gospel of Jesus Christ that is going to change a heart. And so we can certainly disagree on, uh, on legislation, but agree on the issue of sin and the salvation that comes through Christ. And uh, uh, somehow we got to be able to accept one another um, and hold but, on to what's important, don't you think? Well, I'm I'm glad that you uh, brought up Ephesians four because I need to go back and meditate upon all of those ones. <laughs> yeah, all Spirit those ones. God, one faith, yeah, one one Savior. Uh, because we do we do lose sight of those things. That uh, you know, uh, yeah. Uh, accepting Christ as one's Savior does not uh, mean that one accepts a certain political platform. No way. No way. Yeah. yeah. Um, if that were know, true, I, we wouldn't have all these denominations. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we've already answered this question, John, but I loved your use uh, on our last interview of Ephesians 5, uh, 11, where uh, it, in your life as a journalist, 
that that verse just jumped out for you, exposing the deeds of darkness um, as as a driving verse for your life uh, as a journalist. Uh, what what do you think? Um, what do you think are some of the the deeds of darkness that that we can expose now that that we need to be that we can focus on and help help people um, discover who might be trapped. Um, well, um, I'm not sure, John. To be perfectly honest, I want to go there because I know <laughs> some of the things that. Uh, uh, rest heavy on my heart. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you usually do this for half an hour and we have two minutes left. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we okay. don't want to start that conversation. And, and in part, we had that conversation uh, yes, probably earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and what I would say about that, that conversation was a bit of a revelation because, uh, uh you know, when we talk about the center, you said, well, you come down on this side of the center. And I said, well, I come down on the other side of the center. But when we talked about certain issues, we agreed really completely. It's about, uh, it's about bringing uh, a Christian humanity into these issues. But when one gets uh, arguing about some of these issues or debating or whatever we want to call it, what happens is that people say, I'm against that. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, um, then, then they're suddenly they're a wall. They're immutable. They're intransient, etc. And we tend, when we say I'm against something, that's, we tend to dig in our feet. Uh, but what is, what is it that we're for when we don't believe in something, when we believe something is wrong? What is it really for? Why, do, why don't we believe it's right? Uh, yeah. What are the there are there are the positive, there are the life yeah. affirming things about the things that we say when we're saying don't go there, don't go don't go there in life, um, mm. because you're going to lose this. You know? Yeah. Uh, what do you think about? Yeah, I think, John. What I I am I'm pleased to say what I've learned from you today tonight is that. Um, uh, it's all about assumptions. You've, you've made that point two or three times. If someone, for instance, if someone believes this thing about this one area, well, then that puts them in this whole camp over here because we only have two sides. <laughs> and and uh, uh, there's just a lot of assumption going on to where – if we could listen to each other, if we would be open to just talking and listening and realizing that someone can have a different point of view than we have on pretty much anything, and we can still love them and accept them as our brother or sister in Christ, well, that would make a different world. Perhaps that's that's a, a, a deed of darkness right there is just a... a, a, a a closing people off, um, forcing people into a, a certain camp when we haven't really listened carefully and heard them out. In, in that sense, when we start looking at people as uh, 
is kind of prepackaged because they believe A, then they must believe B, C, and D. Mm. Uh, yet we're actually shoving people into the darkness, uh, into oh, the periphery right. of our, our, our life, our world, uh, mm. and, and, and making them, uh, vilifying them and making them something of an enemy. So, yeah, yeah. good point. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit... The Holy Spirit is here to bring us together, uh, preserving the unity in the bond of peace. So uh, I think we need to be praying for that, for the body of Christ all over the world. Uh, we would come together uh, over yep. over the right things. Yeah. Yes. Well, this has Very been. This has been enlightening, John. Thank you so much. I know it's a little bit different than. Uh, last time but i think we'll we'll get some i think we'll get some folks thinking <laughs> and that's really well, what we so. want to uh, 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 let me know what kind of uh, reactions you get uh, i don't know whether people write on the site where the uh, where the blogs are or they tweet you or whatever but uh, yeah. keep me informed of if if people have feedback on this particular program i will and I thank will. you Thank you. thank you for asking. Well, you bet. And thank you for coming back and, uh, and for, for being willing to talk with us. And uh, uh, let's, just, let's just pray that God, God keeps, us, keeps us all on, on, on the right track in terms of what he really wants us to be doing in the world today. And uh, Lord... Bring us together, uh, together under the unity of the Spirit uh, in the bond of peace. And uh, thank you for this great discussion. And uh, put your Holy Spirit on the whole thing. And I ask this in your name. Amen. And uh, um. <laughs> thank you, John. God bless you. We'll talk to you again sometime. John, God bless you. Be well and safe. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, there you have it, folks. Hope we got you thinking today. That's what we love to do on this program, is get you thinking. So keep going. Write, do write me. You can write me an email. Uh, you can, uh, I believe, right here on the website, you can comment. Um, and you can go to the test and comment there. So uh, please uh, let us know what your thoughts are. Um, and thanks again to John Schenk for being our guest today on Blog Talk Radio. God bless you, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>